is the start button. Acts chapter 2, 40 to 47. Listen to the word. Not only listen, use your minds, your sanctified imagination. I hope that you'll be able not only to hear it, to think about it, to see it, but I hope that we may be able to feel it. That's the way I read my Bible. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want to feel it. So the context, the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit had come upon every believer. As Joel had spoken the Old Testament. As John the Baptist have said that Jesus Christ would baptize his people with the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus also promised together with his Father. The Holy Spirit had come upon his people. Ten days after Jesus ascended into heaven. The day of Pentecost. And Peter stood up. Can you see with me? Peter stood up. I'm just preparing you for, to read it. To read it. Peter stood up. And preached to these people. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as the people heard exposition of God's word. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Their reaction was. When they heard Peter. Explaining to them what was happening that they saw and they heard that morning. When Peter, in the middle of the explanation, spoke about Jesus. It was all verse 22 to 32. And on 33, he talks about the Holy Spirit whom has been given to them. Empower them. Announce that Jesus Christ is really the Lord. The God with us. The only son of the living God. Who came in this world. Died on the cross. Rose again from the dead. And they have rejected him. Through that message. The Bible says. That what happened. He challenged these people to believe. And in response they said. Men and brethren. What shall we do? These are sinners. And Peter told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Christ for the remission of sin. And that they would receive the gift. Not the speaking tongues. The gift here is the reference to the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit as a gift from God. For that promise for you and for all those who are far. For those who believe. And that's the context now of verse 40 to 47. And with many other words. It was a long preaching by the way. He bore witness. And continued 
to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Depois, don't be like them. So, those who received His word, keep in mind the emphasis on the word, the apostles were Christ's representatives. They spoke the word of God to them. Those who received His word were baptized. And there added that day about 3,000 souls. The church became a mega church from 120 to 3,000. And you see immediately here the fulfillment of what Jesus said in Matthew 28. For them to make disciples. And you make disciples to speak to these people, to teach, to preach, to evangelize, to witness to them. And that's what Peter did. And those who believed, that's what happened here, should be baptized and congregated, added to the 120 people in Jerusalem. Now the question is, how did they grow? Not only in number, but also in the scriptures, in relationship with God, and in their personal life. How did this church grow? Not just numerically. And then Luke gave us this report, the first report about how these 3,000, more than 3,000 people were growing. And they devoted themselves. Read the Bible. I'm not preaching yet. Read the Bible slowly. I have told you several times here. In slow motion. Savoring it. Savoring it. Every single word. Every single phrase. Every single unity of the verse. And they devoted themselves. First to the apostles teaching. They devoted to hear the apostles teaching. And the fellowship... Which means here, koinonia. Not just come together for coffee and tea. Means in the interest of one another, of the needs of one another. You look in what was the need of the congregation, they began to invest in one another. Bring their offering to the church to help the brethren. To the breaking of bread. With a reference of their communion. And also the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Together. And the prayers. (coughs) 
consequence here is this. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And had all things in common. That's the idea of fellowship on the top there. Koinonia, have in common. And they, means yet yeah, all, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This is going on here. And day by day, this not, these are not a group of Weekly people. Once a week we meet together. Once a week we hear God's word. Once a week we pray together. This is not a one week. Once a week group of people. And day by day. Attending the temple together. Worship service every day. And breaking bread in their homes. In small groups. Celebrating the supper. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God. And when you study this expression, praising God, even the book of Acts, I'm still reading the Bible to you. It's not only in terms of singing to God, but even expressing in words, praise God. When they hear about what God, what God was done, was doing, they would say, praise God. Hallelujah. That's okay, my friends. You can say hallelujah. Praise God. Don't say hallelujah when the preacher says, if you don't believe in God, you're going to hell. Don't say hallelujah. That's not to say hallelujah. That's not the moment to do it. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Now come to the verse that is the title of my message this morning. And the Lord, that to expression the Lord appears in the book of Acts, a reference of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. Jesus said, I'll be with you every single day to the end of the age. And the Lord... Added to their number day by day, daily, 
those were being saved. So Father, reading of God's word. Yes, if it translation. I'm going back to my New King James. Let us pray. Father, we have already sung songs and hymns in your presence, highlighting your work of redemption. We praise you. Father, we have also prayed to you. We have now read your word. And now, oh Lord, we pray and we ask you, in the name of Jesus, who promised to be with us every single day, thank you, Jesus, for being with us. We ask you, oh Father, who is also here because you are everywhere in the universe. Jeremiah says that you occupy every single part of this world. You are everywhere. Including here. Therefore, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. That your Holy Spirit, this Spirit. That was poured upon your people in the day of Pentecost. And that came upon each one of us the moment we believed. This Holy Spirit with, with us and in our midst. And in us. We pray that you may open our eyes to see the wonders of your word. And of your work. In your world, across the street and around the world. Through your workers, each one of us. Oh, Father, open our minds to understand, our hearts to believe and to trust and to treasure. And move us, Lord, to immediately obey whatever we heard or we hear from your word. So that we may grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father, especially now for covenant Presbyterian Church here in Monroe, Louisiana. That they may be able to keep experiencing the work, your work, in adding to them daily those who are being saved. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. You keep your Bibles open in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 to 47. And I would like to call your attention to the conclusion of this chapter here. The Holy Spirit come upon God's people. All of them are empowered by the Holy Spirit. All of them are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they heard Peter preaching, filled with the Holy Spirit. People are saved. And now Luke describes us how these people began to grow. And how God began to grow His people. 
in, the, in terms of number as well. Every time I read this conclusion of Acts 2.47, and by the way, if you go there after the chapter 4, chapter 5, and many other chapters, you're going to see that as God's people is submit themselves to the Lord in prayer, in meditation, in love to one another, in the communion of the saints, and invest their resources, that God kept blessing them. And people around them heard and saw. And the church was growing. But every time I read verse 47, the conclusion is, And the Lord added to them daily those who were being saved. The New King James put, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I'm now in a campaign at the Reformed Theological Seminary among my students. have a campaign now based on this verse. Therefore, I would like to bring it to you. Doubtless, the Lord was doing that. We began to see how the people of God were living as God's people in relationship with one another, in relationship with Him. And the Bible says that God, the Lord, was adding to them daily those who are being saved. Then my question is this, and this is a question to myself as well, and to my students, and every time I preach anywhere in the world. By the way, you have been so blessed here with the preachers that we have, with the leadership that we have. And by the way, I told in my Sunday school today that every time I come here, I am emotionally motivated. Emotionally, because I saw this congregation here many years ago. I remember when the first time I came to preach here. I said that at the Sunday school. I'm going to repeat it to you. For those who were not there. Or for those who are hearing me for the first time. Don't worry my accent. I'm a Brazilian. And this is the fourth language. I have to get acquainted <laughs> in my life. I remember when I came here. About 12 people here. It was dying. But we have very faithful 12 people here. And I still remember when I preached that morning. And I went beyond what they expected. Because I was supposed to preach 15 minutes, but I could preach only 10. When I heard that, I said, man, the people here, it seems to me that they have not been fed very much. And I still remember, I preached for 35 minutes, I think. And when I finished, I went up there. And an old couple, I forgot their names. They are already with the Lord from this congregation. Faithful, lovely people. I still remember when I told the Sunday school, they came to me and said, Thank you for preaching the word to us. We are feeling we have been fed. You read the Bible. You explained the Bible. You applied the Bible. And 
I remember as this congregation began to grow in their relationship with Christ. How the Lord began to add. And now you don't have a clue how I feel here. Looking at you all. And know that you are building a sanctuary because you need space. But let me tell you what is my prayer for all of you here. My prayer is that the Lord will keep adding to this congregation those who are being saved. Now, when I read this, I know it is descriptive here. Of course it is descriptive. It tells that this church here in Jerusalem, with 3,000 immediately that became believers here, that the Lord was adding to them daily. That's descriptive. In other words, daily people are being saved and added to the church. Daily. I know it is descriptive. Because that doesn't mean that God's going to add daily everywhere. And even when you read the book of Acts, it doesn't happen everywhere this way. That the Lord was adding daily every time, everywhere where Paul was preaching. But, although it is descriptive, I would like to bring something that for me is prescriptive. And that's it. The Lord will add to his people. Those will be saved. My question, however, is. Is the Lord. That's the question. Passed upon my students. For the pastors in, my, in Brazil. I said. Is the Lord Jesus Christ. The head of the church. Is he adding. I don't say daily. Or not even monthly. Or not even every six months. But is the Lord at least adding to his people annually those who are being saved? That's my question here. Because it's not just descriptive. In the Bible, the Lord is going to add. Now, I think in terms of the church. But I think in terms of my personal ministry, and I would like to challenge all of you. Is the Lord adding to the church? I'm not saying daily or monthly, nor even annually. Is the Lord adding in some way or another through the church, those who are being saved through your life? This is a question that I ask every single day. And I would like you to keep in mind this. When you go home and pray for the congregation as a whole, as a community, Lord, would you keep adding to our congregation those who are being saved? I'm going to say, don't say daily. I, I could ask that daily, Lord. That would be tremendous. It would be a kind of a Pentecost, a new Pentecost in our midst. If you'd be here adding daily. And by the way, in church history, many times it happened. And during the time of the Reformation, it happened in Geneva and throughout France. When you read Calvin's correspondence and his joy manifests in his letters, when he hears that people are adding to the church every single day throughout Europe, 
There is nothing that brings greater joy to a minister of the gospel, to leaders of the church, and to the church itself, and individually as well. Is the Lord adding, but let us see what is really happening among the people there, individually and communally, that God use it to bring more people to the safe knowledge of Himself. What was happening to the congregation? What kind of congregation is this here? And by the way, this is not just descriptive now. This is prescriptive. That's what God expects from each one of us, from every group of believers. And let me give you at least four or five signs at least. Of a church that as they live this way, you're going to see that the Lord will add. I will not say daily, not a a prophet like this. Daily, that God's going to to add daily. I'm not a prophet. And I have a friend of mine who is a professor. And he says, once he says, I'm not a prophet, nor a son of a prophet. And I work for a non-profit organization. (laughs) Therefore, I cannot prophesy about that. But the point here is, what was happening to these people here? And I'm going to highlight five things. Which is really here described between verse 40 and 47, the first part, between this part here. The Lord was adding daily to those who had been saved to a group of people who were, first of all, hearing God every day. Look, verse 42. Those are saved that gladly receive, joyfully receive the word of God. Preaching the power of the Holy Spirit. They gladly receive. They gladly were saved. Were baptized. And then verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly. Continued steadfastly. First of all, in the apostles' teaching. You have a group of people here who not only as a community, but individually, they were hearing God every single day. I'm reading a campaign. I think, I don't know, last time probably I was here, mentioned something like this. Hearing God, that's the first thing. Hearing God means meditating God's word every single day. How do I hear God? I hear God by opening His word and meditate and study carefully. Reading carefully, in slow motion, His Word, every single day. These people are hearing God every single day. Now, let me ask a question. How many... Would you mind if I take this? Would you mind? Okay, he says, John Luke. All right, I'm feeling hot here. How many... We have here under 12 years old. Everybody under 12 years old, lift your hands. All right. Under 12 years old, everybody, lift your hands. I can see you all. All right. Don't worry with the others, okay? Just look at me, under 12 years old. Now I'm going to ask you a question. What's your name? Judah. Judah? How old are you, Judah? Five. Uh, 
Do you know how to read already? No, not yet. I'm going to say something that I tell my granddaughters to. I have several granddaughters, about eight, now ten. One is with the Lord already. But, um, Judah, I'm going to, to say this to you. I really want you to learn how to, don't you want to learn how to read and write? Yes. Hey, what's your name? William. William. How old are you, William? Nine. I know you know how to read already. Do you like it? You can read anything. But don't read anything, okay? <laughs> read only what is good. All right. What's your name? Leslie. Leslie. How old are you? Six. Are you now reading or learning how to read? Yes. I'm going to give you the greatest motivation for you to read. I wanted my children to learn how to read. You know why? Because I want them to read God's word. That's the strongest motivation that I had. That my parents gave me. Would be learn to read so that you can read God's word and hear God. Sorry, I'm not mad at you, okay, today? No, William. I'm just excited here. I really want you to read. You know why? Because I want you to read the best book. The only inspired book. The only book given by God for all of us. The Bible. That's the only way for you to... When your dad reads the Bible to you, you hear God's word through your dad's reading. When the pastor here reads the Bible, you hear God's word because someone is reading to you. But I want you to read it so that you can hear yourself. Don't you like it? Le Leslie? Leslie. Leslie. You know why? Because if you hear God, you're going to be if you hear God, if you really hear God, you're going to understand that you should honor and respect your father and mother. If your parents hear God, you're going to know how God wants you to treat your wife and children and others. How you should work. Everything is here. And we're going to do it motivate because God said so. That's solid scriptura. And you're going to study harder. And William, you want to do your best. Whatever you go to do in life, you want to do your best. Because God wants you to do your best for His glory. If you're going to see to be anything, what would you like to be when you grow up? William, you don't know yet? A baseball player. Okay, I hope that you change your, your, your mind. <laughs> but anyway, a baseball player, that's okay. But I hope that you grow, William. With this goal, I hope you're going to change. But anyway, you keep, keep going. But you say, I want to play baseball for God. And the Bible is going to tell you how to do it. Therefore, my greatest motivation of, re of learning how to read is for my children to hear God. And these people here are hearing God every single day. Because the Bible says that they, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. By the way, dear brothers, are you hearing God every single day? Are you taking time every single day, intentionally, systematically, to hear Him?
to hear Him. This is a group of people who are hearing God every single day. That's the first thing I would like to call your attention here. By the way, the problem that brought us in the mess that we are today, the cause was one. It is there in Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve, instead of hearing God, they heard the serpent, the devil, the enemy of ourselves. That's the cause of everything. Everything. God has spoken to them. God had fellowship with them. And God said, the day you eat from this fruit. Hear me, don't eat from this fruit. The day you eat, you will die. And Satan comes along and begins to question what God said. Has really God said? Of course God said. Not the way he was using the scriptures. The moment. Now I'm going to prophesy. The moment God's people stopped hearing God. They stopped. They began to die. Because you're going to hear somebody else. That's the first thing here. The second thing very quickly here. By the way. The Bible is so clear on that. For us to hear God. When the reformers brought. And we talk about solid scripture. They knew that we need to hear God. Individually the church needs to hear God. And everything we have to bring under the scrutiny of God's word. That's the way we grow. That's the way we, we, we grow in joy. And in love and in peace. There is nothing else. And these people here. Are in God every single day. And the Bible has the promises. Happy is the man or the woman or the children or the child who meditates in his law and his instruction every single day, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, will never wither, and everything he does shall prosper. That's the promise. Second thing, and I'm going to be very fast in the other ones. And you have a group here hearing God every single day. And the second thing, look in verse 42. And fellowship in koinonia, in the communion of the saints. They love the church. They love one another. They're investing in one another's life. That's the second sign here of this church. They love one another. And Jesus Christ told about his people to love one another. And to come together in union. Say by this the world will know that my father sent me. In other words. They were investing their resources in one another. That's what the Bible tells it. Look verse 44b, and they, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divide them among all as anyone had need. You have a group here who not only is hearing the, the God's word together, but they were investing their resources in one another. Investing their resources. In other words, Paul says, for me to work, to work. To work for what? God wants me to work. He gives me resources. Give me, 
so that, he says, so that I can gain enough to support my family and to support those who are in need. And especially in the context of the church. You have this group here. The Bible calls the koinonia, that fellowship. The other thing they're doing here is in the breaking of bread. Breaking of bread is probably referring that they were together in the context of the communion of the saints having the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And you find that the Bible says breaking bread from house to house. There is a communion of the saints here. They are praising God together. By the way, this is a group of people that God's going to bless. Not only that they are hearing God, not individually, but not only individually, but collectively. They will invest their resources, not only individually, but collectively. But then you have a group of people here who are living together in celebration of the Lord's Supper and praising together. There is a community of the saints here. They are really in touch with one another, not via Facebook. <laughs> not via internet or online. My friend, I could go on and on. If we want our church to be blessed, we have to bring, together, bring back the, the doctrine of the communion of the saints. Because without the communion of the saints, there is no perseverance of any saint, according to the Bible. For you to persevere, you have to be in the communion of the saints. Hebrews tells that. You go to in Romans chapter 1, the apostle Paul says that I want to be there in Rome to hear you and to share with you so that we may be strengthened, build up together. And you don't do it. Many times Paul says, I want to see you face to face. John writes about that. Christ came in this world to live with us face to face. We have seen his glory. We have touched him, says John. This is a group of people that even with their shortcomings, they were living in the communion of the saints. They were seeing one another daily, praying together daily, worshiping the Lord as well. I hope and pray that you are, all of us understand that. We talk a lot about the perseverance of the saints. And the writer to the Hebrews says this, You cannot persevere apart from the communion of the saints. Listen to what he says. Let me just read it to you. Be aware, brethren, after telling that God's people for 40 years, they were unbelievers. And they died in the wilderness. And now the, the author, the writer to the Hebrews, writing to God's people, say, Be careful. Because such heart of unbelief can, unbelief can happen to you. And he says this. Be aware, brethren, that lest there be in any of you an evil heart of an unbelief in departing from the living God. What? It can happen to us? What are the means of grace that God has given us so that we may not... Develop this kind of evil heart of unbelief. Departing from the living God. What is it? And he says this. But exhort one another daily. While it's called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. These are a group of people who knew how to live the communion of saints. And why and what for. By the way. 
Uh, we always talk about the five points of Calvinism, and I know why the five points of Calvinism, because the, 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 the discussion in the 18th century of the Synod of Dort was about the five points of Armenians. But by the way, we should talk about six points of Calvinism, because Calvin speaks about the communion of the saints. Without the communion of the saints, the saint cannot persevere. We need the means of grace. It's there. If you open your Westminster Confession of Faith, there is one chapter on the communion of the saints. And if you see your the Apostles' Creed, at the end says, "I believe what in the communion of the saints." Now, if someone does not remain in the communion of the saints, you know why they don't remain? Of course, those who are saved by God, by God has, have a new heart, has been regenerated. They are going to persevere till the end. But those are going also to remain in the communion of the saints. John says this. Let me just read it to you to finish here. I have to stop the word finish. John writes to, to the church, says, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know there is the last hour. They went out from us. Among us, they were. And they became Antichrist. And he says this, But they were not of us. For if, they had been of us. They would have continued with us. Don't forget the doctrine of the communion of the saints. These are group here who are hearing God every single day. Invest in their resources. Valuing the church. The communion of the saints. And the Bible says more. This. This is a group of people. We're daily talking to God. Not only hearing God. Not only invest the resource that God has given them. Not only being together with God's holy people. But they were talking to God. Because the Bible says they were continuing steadfastly in prayers. In prayers. Hearing God talking to God. Every single day individually as a community. And doubtless, when you go to Acts chapter 8 and others, they were talking about God and Jesus every single day with one another and with other people. They were sharing the gospel with people. The Bible says so. And even when they were under persecution and they were scattered, the Bible says this, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. These are people who heard God every single day, was hearing God every single day, talking to God every single day, in the community of the saints, loving the church every single day, investing in that community every single day, and talking to God, talking about God every single day. And the Bible says, And the Lord added to them daily those who are being saved. It happened during the Reformation. I saw it and you saw it happening here. And I hope that Covenant Presbyterian Church will keep adding 
that the Lord may keep adding to your group. If not every single day, but every single year, those who have been saved. That each one of us here may make a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I want to hear you every single day. I want to talk with you every single day. I want to invest in your, in your kingdom, in your church, every, in your work, every single day. Lord, I want to love and be in, in, in koinonia, in communion with the saints as much as I can. I don't want to be just one person that comes here just for, for Sunday school or, no, or just for worship service. That's it for the whole week. You cannot live that way. And say, Lord, give me an opportunity to tell people about you every single day. That's my prayer with my wife. Lord, would you give me an opportunity today to encourage someone in the faith? And Lord, would you give me an opportunity today to meet someone who I still lost so that I can tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, bless us. And would you, Lord, add to covenant Presbyterian Church, if not daily. I pray for daily. As every single one of us here, hear your word. Talk to you. Talking about you. Live and love the saints. In the communion of the saints. And invest the resource. Oh Lord, may you bring this momentum. And that your people here may grow across the street and around the world. Would you add, that's my prayer Lord, would you add. At least annually to Covenant Presbyterian Church, those who are being saved. In Jesus' precious name, I pray and wait. Amen. Having heard the word of God proclaimed, let us now stand and affirm what we believe using the Apostles' Creed. Yes. <laughs>